I had DR. focused myself, apparently. Oh. <laughs> oh. Myopic Narcissist. of me. Narcissist. <laughs> <laughs> Nirvana's hysterical on in utero. I'm Maddie Hunt, and it's Think Outside the Box set. Bah, 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 bah. And you are? I'm Cameron DeWitt. Bah, 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 bah. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> <laughs> what if it went up? <laughs> I went up too, so. Oh, you mean the, the contour. I feel like DJs are really missing out on, on an opportunity yeah, here. Totally, yeah. It could really, um, yeah. <laughs> on the vu- what are they called? Vuvuzelas. Vuvuzelas. As far as I know, yeah. Is that, is that it? Did I get it right first I think shot? So. I mean, as far as I know, I do not know if there is vu, a, another vu. way to pronounce it. Oh wow, you it got really the is syllables that. and the letters right. I don't know if that's the pronunciation, but the only one I've heard is vuvuzela. That was a fucking half court shot. Yeah. <laughs> Five pointer, five point shot. Yeah, I should get more points for that. <laughs> yeah, there's nowhere in the rule book that says that I shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> also, what are your thoughts on golden retrievers? Uh, we're talking about in them. utero today. Yep, like I said, it's hysterical. Now, I want to talk about this right now. <laughs> yes, so that we're setting expectations. Mm-hmm. Uh, is this the penultimate episode of our Nirvana oh. series? I want to listen to the MTV Unplugged. I was going to watch. I, I want to watch it. Ooh, we, mm, yeah. I would like to do that too. Maybe we could Great. do it this weekend or something. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. We'll figure something. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll figure talk it out. logistics. But yeah, it would. I would love to. Yeah. Okay. Great. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, this isn't the last episode, uh, but. This is the last studio album. Mm-hmm. And boy, is it a doozy. It's a doozy. Real interesting stuff in here. There is some interesting stuff in here. Yeah. Um, do you know the etymology of the word hysteria, by the way? Oh, um, you know, I'm now just thinking about it for the first time. <laughs> There's a certain sex organ <laughs> that mm-hmm. seems to be related. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. Um, like literally like women be crazy is so old yes. that the naming of I think it goes back to the ancient the Greeks. uterus. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. The other way wow. around. The ovaries. No, no, not ovaries. No. The uterus is not named after hysterical things that you can't take seriously because women be crazy. Uh hysteria itself is named after the uterus. Okay, either way it's all fucked. Right. Yeah, so like hysterectomy, it's a, you know, removal of the yeah. uterus. And hysteria, I believe this, I wonder if this is apocryphal, but I believe it refers back to a time in, when ancient Greeks, um, like doctors, like Hippocrates or whatever, um, was like, you know, women really do be crazy. And I bet what's going on is they just have like a womb just like wandering around in there. It's just kind of like bouncing around like a pong ball, like on, you know, video games. And it's just like... <laughs> It's moving all over the place. It's up in the nostrils. It's down in the like feet, like, and that's why like women having are crazy. like a like stuff in your trunk, but there's not enough stuff in your trunk. But there's one big heavy thing in your trunk, <laughs> and you slam on your so brakes and it like, flies around. <laughs> <laughs> I just went to the pumpkin patch and almost almost made pumpkin pie in, in the in the back of my car. <laughs> almost turned myself into pumpkin pie. Woo! Uh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so it's my type five family friendly comedy <laughs> on pumpkin patch. <laughs> oh boy! I'm going into Christian stand up. <laughs> hope that's okay. <laughs> hope that isn't a deal breaker. Uh, um, of course, my family does um, a a harvest party and not not Halloween, Halloween. because that is of the Satan. No, it's not Harvest Hardy, because that's of Satan, too. It's... Oh. Fuck. I had a friend who was in... Like, Christmas Eve double month. No. Christmas did, Eve, Eve What month. did he do? He did... It was like a... Ref, it was a... It was like a reformation. Is that what it is? Like... No, it was, it was a party... Luther was involved? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a part. It was oh. literally a party oh. about Protestantism. Yes, because maybe that happened in the fall. You know what happened, Cameron? <clears throat> the day that Martin Luther nailed his feces to the Wittenberg Chapel door, his ninety, <laughs> his ninety-five feces. <laughs> he really had to save them. <laughs> he, he'd been sa- He had a bucket. He'd been saving it up for a while. He nailed those to the door of the chapel in Wittenberg on October the thirty-first, I believe. Oh, that's what they did. Instead of celebrating Halloween, Halloween, <laughs> they did. Uh, so they trick or treated for re- like a Reformation. They did a Reformation party. Yeah. That's so funny. I hadn't thought of that in so long. Right. Also, ninety-five feces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here we go. A um, friend from our alma Wikipedia. mater would be really offended by that. Good. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> I'm glad. That's funny because a lot of them ended up as Catholics, which is. really weird it's really weird yeah you know the the kind of organizations (laughs) yeah you're just like rebelling against your upbringing by becoming catholic subtweeting our friends who like might actually listen to this someday (laughs) yeah true (laughs) maybe yeah love you love you hate the catholic church yeah catholic church enabled and um spread pedophilia and you know we're like you know we're mostly okay with the nazis and all all kinds of fun stuff so um yeah yeah, so uh yeah 95 feces october 31st what were you talking about oh real-time follow-up hysteria um the oldest record of hysteria goes back to 1900 bc cameron when egyptians recorded behavioral abnormalities in adult women. The Egyptians attributed the behavioral disturbances to a wandering uterus, thus later dubbing the condition hysteria. To treat hysteria, Egyptian doctors prescribed various medications. For example, doctors put strong-smelling substances on the patient's vulvas to encourage the uterus to return to its proper position. Oh. Yeah. If if there's... Sounds fun. (laughs) I mean... I, I I mean if it's if it's one thing that a, a uterus loves, it is um, the cool the the pleasing mentholated refreshing taste of cool cigarettes. <laughs> or it's just ancient a, Egyptian icy hot. <laughs> yeah, or or a tree shaped air freshener just dangling off the cooch. <laughs> um, and then ancient Greeks picked it up um, from the Egyptians. And that's how we got hysteria. A, a hood ornament. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> One of those Glade plugins. Um, anyhow. I don't so know this if you album got is hysterical. <laughs> What's that? A clitoral hood ornament is the joke I'm making. Oh, fuck. Okay. That's actually. Okay. That went over my head a little bit. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. I deserve that golf clap. <laughs> uh, what? Where were we? Are you going to talk more about Egypt? What's going on? No, I'm good with Egypt. Or are we going to talk about Egypt's Courtney fine. Love? Um, oh, yeah. I didn't do as much research about Courtney Love as I should have. Uh, well, maybe you... we'll talk about Hole someday. Um, but That would be great. She has more quotes on this album because I think they got together between the two albums. I believe that's true. Or, no. Well... I know that, um, I believe Francis Bean Cobain appears in like one of the music videos for Nevermind. Oh, interesting. Well, maybe I'm thinking of the writing because the songs were written maybe before Courtney Love was in the picture and they were like, sorry, what I'm thinking of, um, Francis Bean Cobain, the, um, sonogram photo of her appears on the sleeve of Nirvana's single for lithium okay, and she was named after good. the one of the people from the vaselines which we talked about last episode right right yeah um i she's like on instagram she's like a visual artist i looked her up because mm-hmm. there's like at least one song about her on this album mm. um maybe two and um yeah it's, it's so weird she's like you know a little younger than us not way younger she's 30 i mean she must now. have been born in she's five yeah, years younger the, than me yeah, early 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 92. it's weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Have you heard about all the, like, all the stuff from the Nirvana baby um, on the album cover of Nevermind? Oh. The Nevermind no. baby? No. There's a whole saga about 
how he sued. Um, I think he might have sued the record his whole company. Dick and balls were out. His little his baby whole dick, dick and, and balls, balls were, out. were out. Yeah, and he was a baby, and he couldn't consent to that. And he was like saying, like, "Hey, my parents like exploited me. I never saw any of that money." Um, but then also apparently he I mean, used you to gotta like, do what you gotta do. Yeah. And like, <laughs> whatever. I'm never going to side on the, the side of the corporation. And I, like, no, no, the corporation should keep that money. They earned it. Like, <laughs> but also yeah. he apparently used to like go around to, um, parties and try to, um, get laid by impressing people by <laughs> telling him he's on the cover of Nevermind. But uh, I mean, I don't have to send you any pics. You've already seen them. You've already seen my dick pics. <laughs> I mean, people respond to trauma or, you know, um, mistreatment in various ways. And maybe that was a coping mechanism. Maybe he was really impacted by it in a way that he did not really appreciate and he should have been paid some money. I don't yeah. know. I I just think corporations should um, uh, have all of their stuff taken away from them. Yeah, <laughs> including their little baby penises. <laughs> That's an odd way to phrase that, Cameron, but yes. <laughs> well, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> um, a cease and desist to fucking Sub Pop or whoever released that. That was No, Geffen. it was the other one. Yeah. It was Geffen. Um, yeah, so this is, um, this comes out in 1993. We're talking about an album called In Utero. Um, it has, on the cover of it, it has a... Um, like a, a medical mannequin with uh, clear skin, so you can see like all the organs and muscles and brains and all the good bits and stuff. Um, you might not be able to see the uterus because there's a bunch of guts in the way. Um, and maybe the uterus is like wandering around in the left butt cheek. You never know. Right. <laughs> that, that tricksy little wily uterus just kind of, it packs its bindle and it sets out for the open road. <laughs> On the road again. Um... Oh, boy, I'm being real goofy. It's because I'm super, super tired. Um, like a bunch of no-home boys. <laughs> Steven Universe reference for all the SU fans out there. I am actually just about to get to that episode in my rewatch. Mm. Mm. That episode is so fun, and then it gets so dark so fast. It really does. It's. I mean, it really I know took we, me off guard. I know we have talked about this in our weekly mini show called What's in the Box Weekly, which is available to supporters at support.boxset.website. Um, I know we've talked about that there, but like, it's pretty amazing how much they're able to accomplish in eleven-minute episodes. I, how yeah, much, like, it's incredible emotional like territory they cover. Um, yeah. Um, great Why show. are we avoiding talking about this album? I don't know. It's. Um, I think we're just enjoying each other's company. We are. Um, yeah. I miss. You, I think Cam. that's actually. <laughs> miss you too. Usually, like when we're when it takes us long to actually get into the songs and stuff, it's because we don't want to talk about it. But there is mm-hmm. some great stuff to talk about here. There's a lot to talk about here. This is. Um, I mean, from the get go, um, they play a lot with um abrasiveness versus like pop um accessibility uh apparently they um uh hired steve albini the producer um because they wanted it to have a more of like a raw sound um okay yeah like a little bit more like bleach their first album um yeah and because so apparently Steve Albini had been a frontman of the noise rock band Big Black. I'm unfamiliar. Uh, I have never heard of them. Um, oh my god, this is rough. This bit from Wikipedia. Albini dismissed Nirvana as quote REM with a fuzz box unquote and quote an unremarkable version of the Seattle sound unquote. However, huh. he accepted the job because he felt sorry for them, perceiving them as the same what? sort of quote as the same sort of people as all the small fry bands I deal with, unquote, at the mercy of their record company. That That's seems a, just like patently untrue. It seems very untrue. At this point. <laughs> and maybe that was true at one point. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like such a different stance to the band. He's just like puffing himself up and being like, yeah, whatever. They're just like dumb REM. Big dog in him. And then like Butch Vig, when he was talking about Nevermind, he was like, yeah, Kurt pretty much like had to just like say that I made it too poppy because he wanted, he needed to have that like street cred and that like, you know, anti-authoritarian thing. 
And he's just like so understanding about it. He's like, yeah, you just kind of got to do what you got to do. <laughs> um, yeah, what a shame. Yeah. Let's see. There's, God, there's so much in this Wikipedia article about this stuff. Um, oh, mm, on the back, the back cover, um, there's a bunch of symbols from Barbara G. Walker's The Woman's Dictionary of Symbols and Sacred Objects. Oh, my God. <laughs> kind of interesting. <laughs> um, the t- Fuck it, we're going to Da Vinci code this shit. <laughs> oh, my God, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, the, uh, Cobain originally wanted to call the album I Hate Myself and I Want to Die, um, which had showed up in his journals in mid-1992, apparently, because... People published his journals, or their journals, um, because nothing is sacred or private. Um, and apparently, they used to say that when someone asked them, how, like, how are you doing? He's like, I hate myself, or, you know, they were like, I hate myself and I want to die. And um, hmm. it's super dark that a very overt cry for help like that um, yeah. didn't seem to help. Right. Yeah, it's um, it's interesting. It's like I take it as a cry for help when I hear from uh, masculine presenting folks when when they say, you know, it's like How, how's it going, and, and they say, "Best day of my life." I can't <laughs> complain. It's like that's a fucking cry for help, you know. It's Do you like remember, something's wrong Ed from Naps Thriftway, Cameron. Oh yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> That's, yeah. There was this one checkout person who was older than anyone else who worked there. He was, you know, middle-aged. Maybe late middle-aged. And I would run into him all the time, and I, like, got, I, like, knew his name, and it was Ed. And I was, I was like, hey, Ed, yeah. how's it going? And he's like, best day of my life. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah it's, yeah, it's it's depressing to think that people you know, would like, you know, interpret that as another performance from them. Um, At one point, Cobain apparently said that they intended that the album title as a joke and that they were tired of taking this band so seriously and everyone else taking it so seriously. So I'm going to say the most, sorry, that's the end of the quote. Then they're, then they're like, I'm going to say the most serious possible thing you possibly could say. Um, I mean, also, the, I, they were so powerful mm-hmm. at this point, and they seem to be. I'm going to use this. I'm going to use this phrase in a neutral way to, descri- mm, to describe the way that they seem to get people off their scent. They seem to be very effectively manipulative at getting people to um, not pay attention to them or to not take them seriously, you know, like, and mm-hmm. they seem to have like at every step of the way, like, you know, they, they're just like, I'm just saying bullshit. Stop paying attention to me. Or in every lyric that they write, you know, the next line will be a direct contradiction. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it's, I'm not saying that they like deserved it, but this is like part of the, um, this is part of the the armor that mm-hmm. they built. It seems yeah. is this plausible deniability toward mm-hmm. you know around every single thing that they say. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, this is all ironic, and it's like at the end of the day, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and this. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna go there. That is something that a lot of eggs, which just to reiterate, is a person who's trans who does not know they're trans, that is something that um, a lot of eggs develop or deal with. There is a constant tension between wanting to be seen and perceived and known for who you really are and wanting to hide and be safe and survive and be protected. And um, I know that I, at times, have said some like pretty upsetting things Definitely did send out some cries for help at some point and sort of tried to play them off as like a joke. Um, I mean, that that can be 
like even more broadly, that can be like sort of a dynamic with any mental illness. Like I've known sure. people yeah. who suffer from like general de- depression to like have that kind of dynamic of like, you know, not wanting to like sort of admit it because it could be like, you know, dangerous to be that vulnerable. Right. Yeah. Um, and this is 1994. This is another planet. Yeah. This no, Nobody's talking yeah. about like mental health in the, I mean, Mental health at this point is a, like, Freudian fad for yuppies to talk about over their cocaine cocktail parties. Like, right? yeah, nobody's, like, talking about, like, mental health is, like, a mainstream thing, you know? Um, yeah. <sighs> oh, the other thing I wanted to say is that um, the word ner- I was, I don't know if you'll include this as, like, B-roll, but er- before we started the episode, I was just, I forgot even what I was saying. I was just, like, spoofing on the, the, the word nirvana. The word nirvana literally means an extinguishing. Um, and the idea, yeah, the idea is you, I mean, in, in some interpretations of the term, the idea is you stop the cycle of samsara. 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 I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, you stop the cycle of rebirth and um, reincarnation. And you're able to just have enlightenment and oblivion. Um, hmm. So, yeah, that's pretty there heavy. It's like... Yeah. Name your band that. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'd always just heard of it as a, uh, just as a completely neutered, you know, mm. like whitewashed mm-hmm. sort of, it's like, ah, oh, it's just like heaven for brown people. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, like that's what I've heard before. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, I didn't know anything else. I, not that I assumed that that's what it was, but yeah. Mm-hmm kind of reminds me a little bit of like um i don't know when um sufi poets talk about the concept of like annihilation (coughs) um they're like Mm -hmm. we want ego death um so that we can like be full of divine energy Mm -hmm. it's like you you mean you as uh tim robinson would say you you don't want to be around anymore (laughs) Like, yeah, seems like that's what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there is obviously like a philosophical tradition and a religious tradition of engaging with death and oblivion in some of these ways. Um, yeah, that um, is not part of like the religious culture that you and I grew up in, um, and it does differ from like various religions or traditions or, or whatever, from what I understand. Um, but yeah, like there is also, I mean, I don't know. I think the uh, sort of like losing yourself in the fullness of a present moment and sort of forgetting that you exist in the like, yeah. you know, state of flow. Um, uh, like that's, there's something to be said for that, I guess, like totally sure. enraptured. Um, Le petite mort. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a great connection to draw. Yeah. Sufi poets constantly coming. You horny fucks. You horny fucks. Why do you think they're spinning around like <laughs> I that? I know so what much? you do. <laughs> I was literally going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, that's a nice dresses. They're really cute. Um, yeah. Let's see. Is there anything else? I mean, there's some stuff about like how the song Rape Me, they had to replace it with Waif me and they're like walmart and kmart releases even though they didn't change the song at all or the lyrics of it and printed in there there's a there's a lovely little kurt uh or k um quote there um what do they say one of the main reasons i signed to a major label was so people would be able to buy our records at kmart in some towns that's the only place kids can buy records Mm -hmm. and that's Um, sort of they took that line a little bit with incesticide i think of like yeah, these are, like, getting passed around on, like, 30 generational, like, cassette tapes. Like, yeah. clearly people, you know, kind of want it, so I guess we'll just, like, give it to them in a good form. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't know. There's, like, a certain, like, it's it can be not easy to admit that people like you and want you or want yeah. to hear what you have to say and to um, be able to be like, okay, I'll give the people what they want in this way. Um, yeah. It also seems like contrary to a lot of other stuff that they did um, in terms of like their distance from mass media and how 
poorly they were treated by the press. Um, the, this, man, I wish I'd done more research about this, but like, oh boy, I keep hitting the mic. I hope that it sounds great um, for the final recording. Just whacking it around like a kitty with a glass of water at the edge of a countertop. Crash, um, splash. Um, the press were vicious to Kay Cobain and especially Courtney Love. Mm. There was like, you know, I, I forget which magazine it was. They were just like publishing shit like, oh yeah, Courtney Love did like a shitload of heroin while she was pregnant. And like, Damn. I mean, obviously like, people were talking about like Courtney Love killed Kay Cobain like right. after they died and like that was like quasi mainstream and it wasn't just you know rock fans just whispering it to each other this was like appearing in like magazines and shit and I mean obviously like the the celebrity culture anyway is like this weird intrusive voyeuristic like parasocial thing of this person cannot have privacy now because they belong to me now yeah um, yeah, and I mean, I'm sure all that attention was not good for Kay. No. Anyhow. Um, well, yeah. should we talk about songs? We should talk about songs. Um, I want to call out the just very beginning of the album, because I think this really, like, really puts a button on um, the tension between, like, noise and abrasiveness and poppiness and accessibility in this record um because hmm. it starts off sounding like bleach and then it gets like even poppier than a lot of Nevermind. so that's hmm. this is the intro this is how the whole album starts That's like, like mainstream rock. rock. Yeah, it <laughs> yeah. totally is. It's a freaking Dick Dale show that showed up. <laughs> yeah. Um, so here's mm. the general sound sample for that song. Teenage Serve the Servants. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> Teenage Angst has paid off well. Now I'm bored and old. Self appointed judges judge more than they have sold. And then if she floats, then she is not a witch like we've thought. A down payment on mm. another one at Salem's lot. Hmm. Kurt, or sorry, Kay. You were just talking about yourself. You used the pronoun I. And then you just started talking about witches. And the ways right. that, like, women were subjected to, um, like, magical thinking trials of, like, oh, we'll, we'll throw her in the pond, and if she um, sinks and dies, then she was innocent. And if she floats, she's a witch, and we'll kill her. Yeah, the, the, idea, the idea of a person accused of a witch... Um, who isn't a witch um, being a down payment on like solving the epidemic of witchery or whatever mm -hmm. is really dark. Uh, and also just really, um, I, that's really interesting writing, I think. Yeah. Some of the people. I've never heard that before. Mm, yeah. Um, some of the people in Genius think that. Um, the stuff about the witch and like subjecting her to the like trial um, thing is possibly about Courtney Love, um, but Kay, you were just talking about yourself and right, yeah. Anyhow, and then there's the chorus: "Serve the servants." Oh no! And then that legendary divorce is such a bore. Hmm. I don't really know um, what's going on there. Yeah, I don't know what to make of that. Yeah. Um, verse two. Do you want to read verse two? I'm taking up a lot of space. I don't want to take up all the space. I want to take up a lot of space, but not Let all Let me of it. take up space with you. Yes. Verse two. As my bones grew, they did hurt. Mm -hmm. They hurt really bad. Mm -hmm. I tried hard to have a father, but instead I had a dad. 
I just want you to know that I don't hate you anymore. There is nothing I could say that I haven't said before. Woof. Yeah. Um, bones hurting. Puberty is traumatic. Yeah. Maybe differentiation from your yeah. family of origin. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe puberty is especially dramatic if your bones are growing longer than and more than you, you want, them, want to. them to. Yeah. Um, but you know, also like growing pains are really tough. Um, I tried hard to have a father, but instead I had a dad past tense. Yeah. Hmm. And the, like the chasing of the masculine figure and, um, yeah, that's, um, that's a, that, that line like hits pretty hard. I mean, for me at least of like, wow. Okay. Baby. Um, there's a lot of quotes about about this mm-hmm. uh, from Kay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the first time that I've ever really dealt with parental issues. I've hardly ever written anything that o- that obviously personal. Um, I was very isolated, uh, and then the editorializing here is growing up. Um, mm-hmm. uh, I had a really good childhood until the divorce. Then all of a sudden, my whole world changed. I became antisocial. I started to understand the reality of my surroundings, which didn't have a lot to offer. Aberdeen was such a small town uh, and of or who were compatible with me or like to do the things I like. Maybe this is a vocal interview, Mm. uh, spoken interview. I liked to do artistic things and listen to music. And then this other quote is initially this song was about coming of age during a time where you're old enough to support yourself without the aid of your parents. A theme for the 20-somethings. I've always felt that a person doesn't necessarily have to force themselves to love their parents simply because of blood. If you don't like your parents or relatives, don't fake it. Tell them how you feel. And in my own way, I decided to let my father know that I don't hate him. I simply don't have anything to say. And I don't need a father-son relationship with a person whom I don't want to spend a boring Christmas with. In other words, I love you. I don't hate you. I don't want to talk to you. Okay. Yeah. It's the it's sort of ultimate betrayal is the moving on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like the, that was from the journals, but the earlier one was... Genius keeps quoting these quote unquote unquoted interviews, which is oh no, I don't. What does re- that mean? I don't really know what that means. I don't want to spread too much misinformation on this show. Right? Yeah, um, yeah. If you go to that website, it is unmasked.us. Um, huh. So yeah, and it 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 says Kurt Cobain, and then it has seven hundred and fifty five in parentheses after that. I don't know if that's like. A page in their journals or what? Right. Maybe. Anyway. Um, Let's see. Uh, Well, there's no trans stuff at all in Scentless Apprentice. (laughs) Yep. So let's go there. Here we go. So this is, uh, uh, Kay wrote this after reading the novel Perfume, which is one of their favorite books, uh, which as far as I can tell is kind of like a, like a Buffalo Bill character is the protagonist, Mm -hmm. uh, as in like from Silence of the Lambs, except for they, they're born without scent and they're trying to like murder, they're murdering people to steal their scent. And they're like a oh, perfume yeah. apprentice. Uh-huh. Isn't it specifically virgins? Did you say that part? Probably virgins, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and I guess this character also is like refused by wet nurses because like they fed too greedily. Mm. Um, so much interesting stuff here. And, and Kay's just like, oh yeah, it's my favorite book. 
Good book. Love yeah. that. Love that one. <laughs> yeah, really resonate with that for reasons I yeah. will not unpack. <laughs> yeah, a real uh, doorstopper, you know, kind of adult um, drama, you know, like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, paperback, I mean, it's, you know. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it seems pretty directly about the book. Verse one, like most babies smell like butter. His smell smelled like no other. He was born scentless and senseless. He was born a scentless apprentice. Yeah. And then every wet nurse refused to feed him. Electrolytes smell like semen. I promise not to sell your perfume secrets. There are countless formulas for pressing flowers. That like refusal of the rhyme scheme is fun. Um, Yeah, I really, I keep coming back to that. I appreciate every time that they do mm -hmm. that. It works. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes like, Kay then specifically starts talking about themselves. Um, I lie in the soil and fertilize mushrooms. Leaking out gas fumes are made into perfume. You can't fire me because I quit. Throw me in the fire and I won't throw a fit. Yeah. So there's some like ICP, like body horror decay type stuff going on there. Because obviously the way you fertilize mushrooms is through shit. Um, Which is a motif on this album. Um, and then the like decomposing body or like the stench of what they're doing uh, is made into yeah. perfume. Maybe it's literally their farts leaking out gas fumes. <laughs> I don't know. It's yeah. There's a there's a lot of stuff here. There's the like desire for the feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the envy, gender envy, toxic mm-hmm. gender envy, literally toxic mm-hmm. um, gender envy. Um, I think maybe, sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt. Uh, the like abandonment and the, like by feminine people, Mm -hmm. um, like they're repulsed Mm -hmm. by the speaker in the song. Uh, uh, yeah, I think this is really interesting. I promise not to sell your perfume, your perfumed secrets. Um, Mm -hmm. that just sounds so trans to me. Like the like, <laughs> I promise. Like I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm one of the like. I'm gonna be on your side. I'm not gonna like. I'm not a spy. Right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not just here to get something from you, mm-hmm. so I can take it back to the world of men. You know, mm-hmm. it's for yeah. me because I am. I have affinity with you. If you'll only acknowledge it, I don't know. Yeah. Totally. Um, two more things. There are countless formulas for pressing flowers. Kay talks a, lo- a lot about flowers on this album. Con- pretty pretty constantly. Um, a real is- horticultural lad. <laughs> you did it! You did it! Yeah! <laughs> I believe that's in the first episode of this Nirvana season. You mm-hmm. call that out. Yeah. Um, also, I think it's maybe a commentary on their like level of fame and visibility in like magazines and pop culture and stuff to be like leaking out gas fumes are made into perfume it's like you you motherfuckers would bottle my farts and sell them at like the chanel like uh, couture <laughs> like perfumer counter yeah like you dumb motherfuckers yeah <laughs> um but if that's about their fame then the next yeah. line is kind of dark you can't fire me because i quit yeah. Um, yeah. I really want to talk about fire. I won't throw a fit. Yeah. That's like a, um, kind of a, like you, you can't cancel me, you know, mm-hmm. like, I don't care if you rip my stuff to shreds. Yeah. Or um, even, I don't care if you kill me. Yeah. Yeah. I want to spend some time talking about heart shaped box. Let's get to that. Uh, of course. Yeah. That's such a cool chorus. <sighs> this song's so fucking good. It's, it's so good. arresting. Ugh. Yeah. Mm, I like, love this song. Yeah. The guitars sound so good and like the drums, the toms, yeah. yeah. Um the heart-shaped box is a number of different things. Um most uh 
erotically, it is Courtney Love's vagina. Um, there is the, um, what, there's a lower, throw down your umbilical noose so I can climb right back. So that's, that's part Some of what's Oedipal going on. Some Oedipal stuff going on. You think? Is that a little Oedipal? Maybe? <laughs> um, a little bit. <laughs> but I think the thing that it most is, is a literal heart-shaped box that Courtney Love gave to Kay Cobain um, when she confessed having a crush on them. Inside, there was a tiny porcelain doll, three dried roses, a miniature teacup, and shellac-covered seashells. Now, first one. She eyes me like a Pisces when I'm weak. I think Kurt had just newly become single when Courtney uh, confessed his crush on them. She eyes me like a Pisces when I'm weak. I've been locked inside your heart-shaped box for weeks. The porcelain doll is the thing that was in, like the most human-like yeah. thing inside of the box. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I want to take a, a swerve. I, I mentioned this musician on the first episode. Um, they're most known under the name Dave Carter, but similarly to um, K, I think I'm just going to call them D Carter, um, which is incidentally enough, another like female name <laughs> that <laughs> sounds like just the letter on its own, which is, I yeah. like that. Um, the last song they wrote was called Phantom Doll. And I think I um, called that out. Um, but I, I have um, a sound sample of the mm. demo version of them singing it with Tracy Grammer, their um, partner, uh, like songwriting and music partner. So this is the demo of Phantom Doll. some of the lyrics of phantom doll yeah raggedy ann came out to play kittened a thin disguise against the day using kitten as a verb like a you know, adult, young cat kittened a thin disguise against the day painted a face across the mask victim of the looking glass store windows are cruel mannequin charms outshine her own running away from her reflection home hanging her head behind the door Sleeping on the kitchen floor. And we didn't hear this part, but it goes in the refrain. And in this part of it, there's, there's these are the words. In glorious dreams, she walks outside her skin, her face so fine, her waist so thin, her voice like chimes and mandolins, beautiful phantom doll. Um, this is some, someone wrote this who had started taking hormone replacement therapy. And... Yeah who's appears like their egg had already cracked and that they were actively pursuing transition and were planning. They were, I mean, I don't, I don't even know why I'm being coy and like using they pronouns with her because she was, she wanted to start an all girl folk, like trad country band called the butterfly conservatory with her in it. That is not a, it's not a he, him thing. That is not a, that's, that's a (laughs) non-binary. That's not very non-binary. No. If yeah. you're starting an all-girls band and you include yourself, that's a um, pretty strong statement of, hey, guess what? I'm a girl. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So I, that, that is what I, I thought immediately on like revisiting the song and being like, Kay is saying they've been locked inside the heart-shaped box. And what's inside there is a tiny porcelain doll. And then like, that's, that's the, um, that's just like the image of who Kay is, who D Carter was like, this hmm. delicate little thing that they kept locked up inside themselves. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Also just to open a song with like an astrological, like reading is like the gayest thing. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. To have a, a much more sort of mundane 
like gaydar reading of this mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah what is what is what does it mean to eye someone like a pisces do you think i don't i don't know what the characteristics yeah. of a pisces is supposed to be which is such a gemini thing to say right on on my part <laughs> gemini's <laughs> don't no know idea. shit about pisces one time i told someone um who would later turn out to be kind of a bad person um <laughs> uh to a mutual friend of ours. Uh, but I, I told her that I was a triple cancer that I had just found that out. And she mm. said, Oh wow. You must've done a lot of work to get to where you are now. Whoa! <laughs> that was the weirdest, rudest thing I'd ever heard. <laughs> Damn. That is some like S tier shade. That is like, woo. Yeah. Nuke you from orbit. Holy shit. Yeah. That's, like, I, I so will never not be, not be fascinated by the way that queers will buck essentialism in every way except for <laughs> astrology, which is the most baldly essentialist. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it seems like a lot of them are doing it like tongue in cheek, or they're just like having fun with it. At least the stuff I I've think- seen anecdotally in my personal experience. Um, yeah, but the la- the layers of irony go so deep that <laughs> yeah, that's a good point for some for some of these yeah. <laughs> some of these folks. <laughs> yeah, um, even fucking Alok Vade Menon, who's like, uh, you know, trying to like is, is like going on like mainstream you know podcasts and news stations to like buck against binaries and gender essentialism. It's just like. Oh, I'm fucking water signs. I can't handle them or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, I found a website called blog.prepscholar.com. And whoa, this is for an SAT slash ACT prep online guides and tips. And the title of it is The Fundamental Six Pisces Traits Explained. Um, Let's see. Positive traits. Creative. Empathetic. Generous. Negative traits. Overly emotional, impressionable, closed off. Hmm. Okay. Oh, Pisces. Impressionable to cold reading. Yes. Um, Pisces fall hard and fast, and from the beginning of a relationship, they are thoughtful and devoted partners. That's interesting. So maybe that's what Kay was referring to. Because I don't know. I to use the phrasing of like someone eyeing you when you're weak. It makes it sound pretty predatory, but right. if that per- if the way you're describing that means that they are thoughtful and devoted, it like puts a whole new spin on it. Right. Um, so yeah. Um, I have always really appreciated the way that Kay has sung about love because um, I think it's so bizarre and so bodily. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a lot of body horror. So it's a lot of grotesque. Yeah. Yeah. They've always done this. And like, I just think the lyrics in this song, all trans readings, not aside, but next to this. Aside. If this wasn't a trans song, (laughs) um, I just think these lyrics are great. I've been drawn into your magnet tar pit trap. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I could eat your cancer when you turn black. And then this verse two, I mean, it just gets so trans meat eating orchids. Forgive no one just yet. Yes. I want to um, point out there's... that um, when a trans femme removes the testicles, sometimes to prepare for bottom surgery, sometimes to not have to deal with testosterone, that is called an orchidectomy because the word orchid comes from, I believe the Greek word for testicle. Interesting. Aren't orchids also often associated with like they're yonic in a, imagery yes the orchid so like the bulb part is like testicular to the ancient greeks i believe um but yeah the flowery parts are you know what cameron you're you're kind of right flowers kind of do look like pussies whoa (laughs) (laughs) um not like Kay was thinking along those lines um no no cut myself on angel hair and baby's breath yeah. Um, did you know that angel hair is a type of plant? Pasta, is yes. It flower? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's a there. It's a it's a bunch of parasitic plants. Um, huh. They are also called 
uh, Beggar Weed, Ladies Laces, Wizard's Net, Devil's Guts, um, Hair Weed, Hellbine, Strangle Weed, Angel Hair, and Witch's Hair. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And then Baby's Breath, obviously, I mean, that's a flower. From I mean, right? That's pretty sure it is. Not just some sort of plant. We yes, might have to do another two-parter. There's so much in this album. We've, yeah. We're only three songs in, and I and I got to go to bed soon. It's almost um, it's quite late, yeah. Yeah. Can we, can I go to Music Theory Corner? Can we talk Please, about the music yeah. of this? Mm. Great. I want this. So I think that this is so musically arresting um, because of the power of the Dorian mode. We have talked about this before. I try to bring it up every time there's a Dorian mode song. We're just uh, constantly talking about cover. Greeks this episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a Dorian mode is, um, duh. I think, I think that's the t- key that we're in. If I've forgotten, um, da, 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 do, re, me, fa, so, fa, te, do. Um, so it's like a minor scale, but it has a major sixth degree. So mm-hmm. it's the la instead of the le. A minor, a natural minor scale will go do, re, me, fa, so, le, te, do. But instead it's la, te, do. Um, and it has such an interesting uh, tonal, quali- emotional tonal quality to it mm-hmm. um, because it is this sort of halfway between major and minor as one note that is different. Um, And it is choosing a very interesting note to be the major note, which is the six. So you're, you get these really interesting chord progressions that'll have like a minor one chord with a major four chord because the major six degree, the la is the, the third of a four chord. Um, which yeah, just gives you a really um, a really unique sound um, mm-hmm. that is very different from a lot of other um, minor tonalities that you uh, that you hear in pop music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, often you hear a sort of like a harmonic minor, which would be you know um, major five chords and minor one chords, and then various subdominant chords that like hang around the five chord um uh especially in like the 90s around this time you hear a lot of that kind of sound because it's it has a very um uh latin pop sound if Mm. you will um Mm -hmm. that's really really popular in um um pop music r&b at this time um but uh ill-advised like nylon string guitar like spanish guitar (laughs) yeah um, and then today, typically, you know, when we hear, um, in, in at least in America, in American pop music, um, we generally hear, um, natural minor, um, which feels kind of indistinguishable from major because it uses all the same notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's hard to say if it's where it's supposed to return to, you know, the C minor or the E flat major. It's like, who can say, um, know. But uh, yeah, the Dorian's really special, and this song is is um, not only in Dorian; it is weaponizing the Dorian mode. Um, it is using it to its full extent, mm-hmm. uh, and it has all of these bizarre shapes, especially in the chorus. We got the "Hey, wait, I got a new complaint." Um, so that's "Tato, Tato." La la, that's the Dorian note. La 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 la, may may, jumping down in this tritone mm-hmm. um, from the major six to the minor third. It's like major minor, um, mm, all yeah. of the color notes back to back. It's the fucking coolest melody I've ever heard. Like it's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so resting. Um, and then um, on top of that, there is this harmony. I don't know if it's Dave Grohl or. K singing harmony in an overdub. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it says in the credits, but um, see if I can find it, it makes it even more complicated um, because the harmony goes um, uh, 
Well, let's hear it. I, I can't remember exactly how it goes. Yeah, uh, I'll remember it, it and then I'll point it out. Yeah. Just the, the chorus. Maybe not. Yes, we have to listen to the whole sound. It sounds That's the major four chord. Uh, yeah, I think the harmony is going, I, I got a new complaint. Uh, mm-hmm. I got a new complaint. I forget which octave it's in. Um, so that's ending on a te, uh, the flat seven degree, um, over a four chord, um, which is like cu- making this suspension, oh, you know, because that's in in tension with the the law it's a half mm-hmm. step away mm-hmm. there's all this like really interesting stuff going on in this song mm-hmm. um and it and and the verses are so beautiful and so so um lyrical in their in the melody like it's 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 so um it's one of the yeah i think prettiest melodies in in the verses mm-hmm. um uh how's it go uh she she eyes me like a Pisces when I am weak. That's very simple, um, just a minor scale up and down. Um, but it's 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 just really pretty. Uh, and I think that Kay's voice in this feels so transcendent of gender. Um, mm-hmm. Like, and I feel like it's because of the prettiness of this melody and um the kind of like snarling sound in the in the choruses mm-hmm. um i don't know i think it's i kind of think it's a perfect song and i love that it is like kind of panicky and horny and in love it's mm-hmm. just like it's kind of the perfect intersection of <laughs> like so yeah. so many feelings and ideas um yeah, I maybe, love this song. Yeah, it's maybe the best song that Kay has written that we've come across yet, at least. Um, that we've talked yeah. About yeah. It's uh, a thing great. we've talked about a lot is that it's like, are they aware of what they're doing? You know, mm-hmm. like, are they... <laughs> like, <laughs> are, are they trying to dissociate in songwriting form? Um, and is that leading to maybe some bad songwriting, but some interesting podcasting? Um, and I think this is an example of, there might be some unaware stuff in here, unself-aware stuff in here, but the content of it is so potent Mm -hmm. and it is so art. It is so artistically Mm -hmm. resonant, even if maybe Kay is, um, unaware of the specific on a conscious level of some of the specific imagery. Mm -hmm. What do you make of the chorus lyrics, Cam? Hey, wait, I've got a new complaint and then forever in debt to your priceless advice. Now this just seems passive aggressive to me. Um, Okay. uh, Yeah. The, the second line, obviously forever in debt, your priceless advice. That seems like not, intended um sincerely (laughs) yeah this is more of the kind of like old venom that we're Mm -hmm. familiar with Mm -hmm. from keiko vein you know the like you're just a fucking pain in the ass you know like that uh that kind of energy you think this is directed at courtney love like or you know the 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 lover character in this song maybe um that seems the most likely i guess yeah, there's a certain kind of um, energy. There's a certain kind of power relationship in uh, straight relationships uh, or relationships that um, are trying to uh, present as straight or um, are under the spell <laughs> of heteronormativity, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, which is this uh this positionality of um you know the man has to put up with all of this 
hysteria um, yeah. from the woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then maybe a layer underneath of that is you have something that you have been culturally allowed to develop that I am in need of. And because of that, I have to be willing to um, uh, undergo the type of humiliation or degradation that I did when I was a little boy with my mom. Mm, Um, And that is the energy that I get from this. Yeah. The sort of like figure I get, I guess what you're sort of getting at is like the figure of like the henpecked husband of like the man just kind of has to like stand there while his wife is like nag, 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 nag. Right. Yeah. That kind of idea. Yeah. And yeah. And of course, this is not a gender essentialist. Um, this is a this is a patriarchal pattern. This can happen in any sort of romantic relationship. Yes, I did not think you were um, endorsing or signing onto it. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And 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 I and I'm also not saying that like just because um, if K is falling into this kind of thing. Um, this kind of dynamic that doesn't mean that they are in reality a man or something. It just means yeah. that they're in a patriarchal uh, culture that mm-hmm. um, w- with all these um, uh, magnet tar pit traps. Yes, there's magnets. How, how do they work? I mean, we'll, we'll get <laughs> back to, to that. But magnets and tar pit. Yeah, that's it's like. A tar pit that like actively pulls you in. Yeah. It's like, wow, yeah. It, it really pulls you. Like it, it attracts. That's what a magnet does. It attracts. <laughs> and then to pair the tar pit with the cancer, um, like turning part of this person black and then wanting to eat that cancer. It <sighs> is kind Holy of shit. like hetero pessimism, like distilled into a song. <laughs> Mm-hmm. essentially it's like the i can't live without this i desperately need this but like what the fuck <laughs> like this is awful yeah but like even more just like it's very like freudian it's very in infant i mean it's they literally have um i don't think we've finished yeah. reading all of verse two meat eating orchids forgive no one just yet cut myself on angel hair and baby's breath Broken hymen of your highness, I'm left black. Throw down your umbilical noose so I can climb right back. Um, Not quite sure what they mean by someone who who turns black or is left black. I think they're getting it like necrotizing or like decaying tissue. Um, Yeah, or the tar pit. Or Or the tar pit, yeah. yeah. Or yeah, the cancer, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think it's a racial thing um but uh yeah so like the um the like oral fixation of like the infant of like uh, yeah your cancer the way i'm gonna fix it i'm just gonna eat it or i wish i could and also just like just let the umbilical down and just i just want to shimmy up that that life flight me (laughs) yes and it's a baby tube Uh, it's a it's an umbilical noose okay yeah um we should watch the music video at some point um maybe maybe i can watch it before part two because it was um, we're gonna have to do part two okay we've only made it through three songs we've made it through three songs on this album it's so lovely to actually have so much stuff to talk about right yeah (laughs) yeah there's (laughs) what what a great recommendation Mm, (laughs) maddie yeah (laughs) for for a season of this podcast it turned out to be even richer than i thought it would be Uh, Um, and i'm like i mean i'm pretty much 100 percent on board with um girl kurt (laughs) team girl kurt yeah yeah all right well let's close it up there um thank you for listening everyone we'll be back um, next week with part two of In Utero. Until that time, you can visit us online at boxset.website. You can email us at email at boxset.website. Tweet us at Tobias Post... Tweet us at Tobias Podcast. Though, I... Are you doing any 
Twitter stuff because I have not like logged in for literally no. years. I don't think. Oops. <laughs> I say that literally Whoops. every week, but I haven't. <laughs> I think I like tried to hand it off to you at some point, and then but also was like, but I'll also log on, and then I literally never did even one time. <laughs> um, so probably don't tweet us at Tobias Podcast. Just go on the Discord. You probably have a Discord account. Just hop on the server. It's extremely low traffic, um, and it's it's a hoot and a holler. Uh, I posted a, a meme that I made about Kay uh, a week or two ago. Yeah. Um, you can support us in a couple ways. You can go on to... <laughs> There's what? bi-weekly memes. Bi-weekly memes, yeah. <laughs> you can come join our Discord for the bi-weekly memes. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And sometimes they're even relevant to what we're talking about. <laughs> um, you, you can support us in a couple different ways. You can go to Apple Podcasts. Um, type up those words, jam on those stars, give us all those ratings, those delicious, delicious ratings. Um, you can support us more directly by going to our Patreon at support.boxset.website. You'll get access to all of our weekly, or not, well, you will get access to all of our weekly mini shows called What's in the Box Weekly. It's a weekly culture club. This week, I talked about Landscrapers, um, the HBO Max miniseries of four episodes with Olivia Coleman and David Thewlis. And Cameron Is it really about, called that? Uh, Landscapers? Yes, it's called Landscapers, okay. which is what I said. Okay. okay. Uh, and Cameron talked about uh, Dudes the Book by Bell Hooks, I think. <laughs> Bell Hooks presents the Dude Book. Uh, uh, Bell Hooks presents a man, a can of plan. <laughs> what's the one, like, The Art of Manliness by Bell Hooks? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. The other thing you should do, I'm telling you what to do, what you should do. I'm I'm doing what my old therapist used to call masturbating. What you should do, what you must do, is listen to Cameron's other podcast, Get Up in the Cool. Just do it already. Yes. Don't threaten me with a good time. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Until next week, I've been Maddie Hunt, and I'm a wandering uterus. And I've been Cameron DeWitt, and I'm going to sue the baby bits right off you. What did you just say? You say soothe the baby? Soothe the baby bits right off you. Oh, sue, as in like a lawsuit.